This podcast brought to you by Hope 103.2. As founder of two innovative non-for-profit organisations, Jared Wheatley is working tirelessly to improve opportunities for those on the margins of the community. His most recent organisation, Professional Individualised Care, works to improve the well-being of children in care. Jared is the 2019 recipient of Young Australian of the Year for New South Wales, and we are honoured to chat with him today. Good morning, Jared. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Mate, can you break down um, professional individualised care for us and what it hopes to achieve? Sure. So I think some of your listeners who might not be aware what the out-of-home care system's like, that if generally if we remove a child who's high needs from their family, they're placed into foster care. But for those children that have more complex needs, they can very easily end up bouncing from one family to another. And some young people we have in our organisation have seen over 50 foster homes. Mm. By that stage, they go into group homes, like residential care facilities, and they're cared for from shift workers moving in and out of their life. And what we see is some really poor outcomes from that system. So at the heart of our model, professional individualised care, we place one child with a professional therapeutic carer. So that's someone like a social worker or a counsellor or a therapist, and we actually pay them a full-time wage and the child lives in their home. So what this means for the child is they have real relationships and connections, you know, not shift workers with professional distance. But most importantly, they've actually got someone that's got the professional skill set to appropriately respond to complex trauma and their attachment needs. So in thinking about what we're looking to achieve, I guess it's, it's not only that we can get as many children as possible out of these residential care facilities that are like institutions and back into real homes, but also to, to look to set up these relational practices on a systemic level. So, you know, we can't rely on just tick box forms. Um, we, we need that human, the interpersonal and those connections for our children. Otherwise, you know, police checks alone don't tell us who's safe to care for our kids. We need to put people back at the heart of that process. Jared, what was that moment like? Because I know that you were a social worker up in the Blue Mountains where you said, listen, we've got to do something about that. I'm I'm assuming this came out of a a case of your own experience where you were like, oh, man, this is not working and we need to address this. Yeah, certainly. Certainly it didn't come out of any personal experience for me in my life, but Mm. rather like you described from, from working in the sector and seeing our current responses. And I was lucky enough to be exposed to this model actually already operating in Germany. And I was working with refugees in 2011. That was over in Germany where this model's already been running for 30 years. And it was that kind of classic light bulb moment where, you know, everything I was told really for the decade I'd been working in Australia before that was around you need to hold professional distance in all contexts. And, and, uh, you know, for those out there that, that don't know what that looks like, you know, we've got... Um, workers coming in and out of these group homes on eight-hour shifts in Australia that through no fault of their own, but the operating model is to say deliberately don't get close to the child, the one thing we know that child needs. So we've got absolutely nothing against the model having professional distance if you're working in a clinical context. You know, Mm. you're a counsellor, a therapist, you're just there for one hour. But for these children, their core care has to be delivered from people that actually care. Hmm. And so, I, I, you know, when I saw it operating in Germany, it effectively gave me permission to to um, set up or believe in something that I already knew intuitively on a very basic human level that was right. You know, I don't think any of us 
if we think about our own children and how we would like them cared for, would suggest that, you know, a, a model where everyone holds distance is going to be in their best interest. We know intuitively that our children need relationships. Mm. Jared, uh, you just shared about how you, what you saw overseas, but uh, going back before that, did you have a personal connection to foster care or did you just want to see a need and do something about it? Yeah, look, many people have those personal experiences that lead them to make a positive change in a particular area. Uh, that's not been my journey with foster care. You know, um, rather, I've, set, I've spent my whole adolescence and you know, early adult life looking to set up um, different programs and different organisations to address needs in areas where I see that there may be otherwise not being met in the social sector. Mm. So, you know, I feel a, a deep sense of, I guess, empathy, but also responsibility of, of um, being given a very privileged life. And um, I want to make use of that as best I can. Uh, but it's, yeah, it's, I guess it's um, in recognising too, if you come in contact like I have with people that are actually doing this work, you know, when I was living and working in Germany and meeting the actual carers and now in Australia, the carers we have, if you guys had met, you know, Sam and Duncan, if you guys meet these people that put up their hands and say, yeah, I know the need of these children, I'm still going to put up my hand and say, yep, they can live with me 24-7. I can try and meet their needs. Mm. Once you come in contact with people like that, it's pretty hard just to, to go, you know, you know the children need it. You know there are people out there that um, want to deliver that kind of, you know, just such amazing, amazing contribution. Then. You want to do everything in your power in my small way to try and um, make that make that possible. But mm. I think one of the things we're very passionate about doing on our breakfast show is sharing the platform. So, you know, we have a very unique and privileged platform that we sit on whereby we can use that to broadcast for good or for our own personal benefit. And we've always made the decision, you know, within the framework of the show to always open it up and say, Everyone is welcome to come and stand up here with us and, and give mm. a perspective. I feel like as I kind of look through your story, mate, that yours is one kind of earmarked by opportunity, whether it be the artwork that you did up in um, uh, Blue Mountains, which gives, you know, artists in the area an opportunity to stand on a platform and showcase their work. Mm. Or this one here is another one of those examples where you, you're providing an opportunity to a person who might not ever have that opportunity. Mm. Is that the thing that drives you to get out of bed every morning opportunity i think is powerful i think people want to partner with opportunity and i think that positive framing of of um looking to say if there's if there's something there we can do to give someone that feeling of purpose that we all want in our life then i do think that's powerful and it is a big part of what gets me out of bed in the morning so i'm to be really honest though guys a big part of what gets me out of bed in the morning is a coffee and a supportive partner you know, <laughs> yeah. like just like everyone else but <laughs> But, um, you know, it's, uh, you know, looking, I guess, at those, those, those kind of deeper motivations. Uh, for me, I, I do think it is around that all Australians need relationships. Everyone needs relationships. And I, I think, you know, if I was to ask you guys, Sam and Duncan, you know, you know in your life, what's important? I, I, without even waiting for the answer, I feel really confident that some relationships in your guys' life is what makes all the difference and what's most meaningful to both of you. And I think it's exactly like that for children out of home care. They need those lifelong connections and they need those relationships. And, you know, if we've designed a system that um, deliberately tries to limit that, 
um, then yeah, that you know, it's, it's picking up on what you guys are saying. That opportunity for me is really there to say we can do something different. It is possible, and and once you see that, I guess I'm in a lucky enough situation that. I can pursue that like I have with other social ventures I've set up or other charities where if you see that opportunity, I'm, I'm in a lucky enough position where uh, a lot of people have, have backed this, both in, in government and philanthropists, to be able to see it, it get set up. And I feel, I feel very lucky to be able to be part of that, um, part of that movement. I think it comes down to that distilling of what, what, what does a person require is that, you know, a person wants to know that they're loved, a person wants to know that they have value, and a person wants to know that they have purpose. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's true on both, a, you know, an individual level. Like if we were to track one child going through out-of-home care that has, you know, really quite complex needs, it makes absolute sense that, you know, you'll need someone that's got a pretty high level of skill set of dealing with this in their professional life to be able to be present and to keep being there for them on on that one-on-one level. But also, like you say, that everyone needs care and high-needs children in out-of-home care are no different. They need relationships and connections. And what I find quite interesting, though, is we can easily see that that's true on an individual level Hmm. for a child, but it's exactly as true for our whole system. So we've built a whole system in out-of-home care that's around technical solutions. And what I mean by that is like, you know, a police check, a working with children's check, a home and environment check. And while these things are useful, we can't rely on them to tell us who's best to care for our children and how best we should care for our children. You know, how many parents out there that are caring for their child say, oh, um, you know, we need to write up now a health plan and, uh, um, you know, an education plan. No, if you've got someone that's connected in your life one-on-one, you don't rely on these plans to care for a child. You, you have a connected adult in their life that looks to meet those needs. Mm. So while there's nothing against in itself having these plans, and sometimes they can be quite useful, we've designed a whole system that's around this technically caring for children, technically making sure they're safe, but the relational is missed. So a big part of you know, the work I'm interested in doing that's even broader than my organization is, is actually saying we need these relational practices um, on a systemic level. And I think that's just as true actually for out-of-home care as it is for education and health. You know, I think there's a lot of people out there in our society currently that want to give more and, uh, you know, want to see that kind of that heart be brought back into the work that we do and not be so reliant on just forms, policies and procedures to meet people's needs. You know, these policies can't meet people's needs. Um, people have to. Mm. Before we let you go, Jared, um, you are the Young Australian of the Year for New South Wales for this year. What what advice would you have to others who, uh, perhaps young like you, want to make a difference in society? What would you say? Oh, I, I think um, first I'd say take heart. You know, making a difference is inevitable. Whether you're young or old, um, we're all going to have a profound impact on those around us. So, you know, we can choose what that impact is, but... I think, you know, that change in influence is inevitable. I think we all also have interests and skills and hobbies, and I'd say that the social sector needs those skills from people. Mm. So, you know, if you're into art, go and volunteer at an art program at a community centre. If you're uh, into skating, go and offer free skating workshops at a youth centre. But also if you're a lawyer, you know, then offer a few hours pro bono to help a charity to rewrite their contracts. So I think it's using what ever that person is actually passionate about in their life 
and just saying you can use that to connect with purpose. And, um, you know, that's something I think we're all looking for, purpose and connection. Love it. Mm. Well, uh, Jared Wheatley, it has been so good to talk to you about your work uh, with professional individualised care. And uh, keep being inspiring because you've definitely inspired us this morning. I hope you guys have a great morning and, um, and thanks for having me. Thanks for listening. Start your day with life words. Subscribe to Hope 1032's free daily email devotional at hope1032.com.au.